This episode is sponsored by MJ's Progress Not Perfection Meeting Center Association. We are in our meeting center where we do all these meetings for mental health and addiction. I can do this podcast anywhere. I can do this at home. I can do this in a closet. I can do this in a basement. It doesn't matter. All I need is somebody else to talk to about addiction and recovery. What I can't do from anywhere is help people with their addiction and their mental health problems. So if you can help out, you know, we do have a Venmo, we have a Cash App, we have a PayPal, we have an address you can send a check to. And, you know, all the money that gets donated goes towards rent, goes towards keeping the lights on, and goes towards keeping the internet on. So please, you know, if you can get five bucks, 10 bucks, 20 bucks, it doesn't matter. Anything you can is so appreciated. And if you are a local business, if you're a national business, whatever, and you want to be a part of what we're doing, you know, you can reach out to me and we can talk about how you can be a sponsor. But I'll let you get back to the episode. Welcome to the show, Foster. I appreciate you coming back on again. Is this uh, your third time on? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Time. So how are you feeling these days? Nah, I'm struggling, you know. Um, my kidneys are failing. And uh, so it, it hurts a lot in my back. And, you know, taking a piss is like trying to squeeze a lemon out of a freaking whatever you know you don't want to go there but yeah, yeah. it just sucks yeah yeah i know man i know you've been going through it i've been seeing your posts lately now is this your second holidays that you've been um that you've been sober uh yeah the second one because last year would have yeah. been you were sober last year for christmas and everything right yeah first time uh, ever since i was like five yeah i mean you know and plus you know I know you've been going through a lot with your mind right now with, you know, think about your mom, you know, your mom was the anniversary, right? And your wife's anniversary just passed. Right. How, how was getting yeah. through that this time sobriety? I know the first time was more like shock and you were early in sobriety. <clears throat> so you had that like shock still when it happened. How was it, you know, getting through it this year, you know, with a year under your belt? It was hard um, for, uh, and his, uh, anniversary i went in the room for the first time and so that made it really kind of tough you know yeah i kind of lost a little bit i'd say um but my sister was there backed me up you know make sure i was okay i made sure there was somebody here yeah that's good i didn't know what i do you know yeah you know? that's a um, good thing yeah but i still locked it back up i went in there that one day and i still locked it back up so yeah uh my mom same thing i you know i kept my sister close by and uh you know i kind of i kind of helped her through her deal and didn't concentrate on mine, you know? So my sister's been struggling with it a lot. You know, I, I have too, but I just, it's like every other time somebody's passed away, I've, I've tried to maintain myself so everybody else can be okay. You know? And, yeah. Uh, you know, I went, when I went to the, we went to the arsenal because my, all my family's buried there. And, uh, that kind of sucks. You know, when you want to visit your family and you got to go to the cemetery and they're all right there, you know? But, uh, I don't know. I made it though. Yeah. Good, you know. Yep. Yeah, it's so. not gonna. Yeah, it's not gonna be easy. But you know, when you do make it through those days, it does make it a little bit easier. If you look at it right, you know, it makes well, it made me prouder. You know, give me a little bit of pride that I made it through it. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. I mean, first instinct is to is to use. You know, or to cover it up with something. So um, to not do that for the first time or the second time, I guess would be it was uh, fulfilling. I guess in a way kind of weird kind of its own little high you know yeah yeah i know what you mean. I noticed for me uh yeah making you know making it through something that i thought i wouldn't is like a new a new fit you know it's uh it's like yeah i did it you know I yeah know. no i know sense, but 
No, it does. Yeah, it happens a lot where when you make it through, it's almost like building a tolerance. You know, we build tolerances to getting through things and it's almost a sense of pride, you know, almost like an award when you do make it through. It's, you know, right. where you feel like you, you feel like you should have got a, won an award. You should have got a jacket <laughs> or a trophy for just getting through and what they, you got through and without they, getting they, high. Right. Yeah, I didn't have very many of them days before, so yeah, everything's everything's a new beginning, you know, kind of like a new response and stuff. Um, that's how I kind of look at it. How do you feel about getting through the holidays this year? Well, you know, I don't know. I mean, I'll get through it. I know I will, but it just it's going to be different because everybody's, you know, my all my family's just gone and split up. The one, you know, my distant cousins and all that, they're just all over the place and and. Uh, my cousins that are in Michigan, there, my uncle just had just passed away right after my mom, and so I don't know when you know when my grandparents were alive, our family was tight. You know, grandma had this little slab home, and we'd all go there there and spend the night, and everybody be laying around on the floor. And and when uh, my grandma and grandpa died, my mom tried to hold it together, but it wasn't the same. And now that mom's gone, it's uh, it's going to separate even farther. Um, so that kind of, you know, it's sad. But um, it'll just be another day for me, another day, just to be honest with you. Yeah. And, well, that's why it's important this time of year to be reaching out, like, you know, wherever, like, at least with social media, you know, it's a huge way to, you know, reach out to a lot of people at one time that are probably feeling the way, you know, you're feeling, you know, where this yeah. person, where you can feel alone because <clears throat> it it was much worse to feel alone in addiction, in my opinion, though, because I felt alone in addiction and I felt alone in sobriety. And in addiction, when I was uh, felt alone, I would go into a much darker place than I would if I was sober and alone. If I was sober and alone, I know that there are ways of reaching out to people and trying to find help or trying to find someone to talk to. You know, it's just a matter of do I actually want to talk to somebody? Do I actually want to reach out? You know what I mean? Like there's sometimes where... I don't want yeah. somebody to tell me things that I don't want to hear right now. I'd rather just be sitting my shit and sit in my depression and feel sorry for yeah. myself. Let's be real. You know, I sometimes I'd rather just True. choose that road. <clears throat> and then there's other days when I'm like, no, I need somebody to pick me up out of this funk. I'm going to reach out. I'm going to do the things that are suggested of me and tell everyone tells me that I should be doing anyway. And I reach out to people. You know, so there are days, though, where I kind of want to sit alone in my feelings and sit alone in my shit and have complete silence. You know, like I'm lucky that my only pet in my office is a tortoise. You know, there's no fucking barking. There's no meowing. You know, it's just but I can hang out with him and he's right over there. And, you know, but there's some days, man, when I just want complete silence. You know, I I don't want to hear or talk to anybody. You know, and, and I just need that kind of silence to kind of decompress all this shit that's going through my head, you know. And so I just got to sit here yeah. and just escape. Yeah.
that way. And I can escape that way. You know, instead of escaping with drugs, I can escape just in my head. And I'd rather do that sober and alone as opposed to in addiction and alone. Because in addiction and alone, it was more towards, like, suicidal ideations and that kind of thing. Yeah, I agree. You know, uh, I think you can be in isolated and alone are two different things. You know what I mean? You can, uh, you can choose to be alone and, like you said, sit back and think about what you got going on. Just chill. And then isolating is withdrawing. You don't, you do that intentionally so you, you don't have to communicate. You don't have to talk about your feelings, you know? And, uh, I do a lot of both, you know? Because, I mean, I'm alone all the time. I just, just I, I am. And so, I can get into a really trippy headspace, even in recovery, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's usually poor me, blah, 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 whiny, whiny, whiny crap, you know? Um, and I'm not good at picking up the phone, as you notice. I mean, I'm just not, I'm not a chatter, you know? I mean, when I get on this, I can barely shut up, but I think that's because I don't ever talk to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> But it's it's also, it's easier, well, the truth is, it's easier to feel sorry for yourself than it is to try to, you know, it's it's harder for me to give myself accolades and to give myself credit for anything than it is for me to tell myself I'm a piece of shit. You know, it's way easier for me to talk, yeah, it's way easier for me to talk down on myself and to go down the rabbit hole of negativity and then it is to go down the rabbit hole of positivity but you can go either way you know we do have the choice to either think in a positive sense or be a shitty person to ourselves. we have that choice we have a ever since we got sober that's one thing we gained man was the power of choice you know, whether it was we choose right. not to drink or drug or we choose to be positive or choose to be an angry um, sober person. Because there's a plenty of angry, sober people in meetings. Let's be real. <laughs> that's no lie. Yeah, it's yeah, true. You know, I, the thing with, with the, the feeling sorry for ourselves, that's just like a big, giant, negative hug we get to engulf ourselves in. You know, oh, I feel terrible, you know. And I, I yep. mean, I have them days. I, I do. I have them days. Um, and I, every every morning, I wake up thinking about my drug of choice. Every morning, and it's. I I think I always will. It may lessen. I don't know. Um, and I really don't want it to. Because I never want to forget. Yeah, we're allowed to I have those days. We're allowed yeah. to have those days, yeah. man. And. I, I think a lot of the reason you probably wake up and think about it and it's not your fault. Why would you leave? But you still live in the place that you got high. Right. So, yeah, you know, every day. yeah. So it's different for you because you wake up and see the same walls. You see the same hide and sp- you see everything as it was before and how it is now, as opposed to someone like me, right. I've, lived in one two three four five different places since i've gotten high with my drug of choice so i've lived in five different addresses since i've gotten high last time with my pills 
So I've been so far away from that environment that I most recently got high in that that me waking up, it isn't a trigger. It would be. I can I know if I woke up and I saw the same like curtains and shit, you know what I mean? Like the same bedroom that I used to wake up to to get high every morning, that would be an automatic trigger every single day. So I can totally see that. You know, with me, it's just that I wake up in a different environment than I did. So I don't automatically wake up and see things that take me back to that place, if that makes sense. Well, yeah, it does. But it also is, I, I used to have to do what I did to just start my day. And then I would do my normal day like a normal person. Like getting up and drinking coffee. You know what I mean? People get yeah. up and they drink their coffee. You know, uh, I got up, did my thing. And I went on and did my, my day, you know? Yeah, um, I always, I did my so pills I to, as I was rolling out of bed. Yeah, and I, and I did my shots, you know? Yep, so me it was too, just yeah. like a routine. It was just a total routine. And I mean, everybody does that, I think. Um, yeah. But, but it was just, when I wake up now, I just have to force myself to move instead of let the dope do it, you know? So. Yep. Yeah, I'm not the I'm not a happy go lucky guy when I wake up because I usually only average a few hours of sleep anyway, you know. Yeah. But um, it's all good. You got me back yeah. into NA meetings. Cool. Yeah. Ever ever since you were talking about the you know NA AA and the you know going to different ones, I was like, you know, I'll go back different ones. And now we got NA meetings here um, four nights a week and we do AA meetings here six mornings a week. So... You're like a powerhouse, man. I'm trying, man. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, so there was was only one NA meeting in our town every week. So now there's five. So I took took three or four other nights. I'm assuming... Um, yeah. this one, well, no, that was the, at one of the AA meetings in town that nooner is in a church basement. And then, um, and it's not even like a yeah. basement. It's like off to the basement. You know what I mean? It's like a side room, <laughs> boiler room off the basement. The you back know? Room. <laughs> yeah, it is. Seriously. It is still the basement, but it's not the basement. I've been in church basements that it's the whole fucking basement. You know, this is yeah. just like mm-hmm. a boiler room off the basement. Um, but either way, they there's AA signage up there, so they must do that, so they don't gotta break down shit and just leave it up. But it, it's it's fine, it's fine for the amount of people that go. I get yeah, it. I'm sorry, I keep there's, thinking put the put the addicts to the back of the bus. Just put them in the fucking back where no one's gonna look at them. <laughs> I don't yeah, they get their own entrance, and no one has to see them. No one's got a mix. Um, yep. Yeah, and we'll make sure that they're locked and they can't enter the church. You know, we don't know who's down there. <laughs> You know, there's only a fucking dozen of us or so that, Nooner, you know, it's no big deal. But yeah, but that that one is in the church basement. There, there's been there's a lot of always weird ones in churches. <laughs> um, And now there's six more. I just added 9 a.m. You know, Monday through. Su- yeah, Monday through Saturday at my place um, for AA meetings here now. So but yeah, church basements, man, I, I've never. I didn't go to any in L.A., I don't think. When I went to meetings in L.A., every single meeting I went to was in, like, a recovery type of – you went to meetings there. You know what I mean? 
they were like clubhouses. Right. Yeah. I guess I went to one That's church. That's they are here, but except for they're, they're right next to a bar. All of ours are right next to a bar. We got we got a bar right next to us, right there. Uh, <laughs> it's 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 actually really funny um, because the place, the building that we do meetings out of here. Um, it used to be well for 80 years. It was a newspaper press. It was our local paper, and shit, dude. There's still the original equipment from 1900 in the basement, like right now, because I couldn't get it out. Right. So like all their old equipment right. is still down there. Um, and then for 25 years or so, it was a cabinet shop, and for the last decade, it's been empty, and until we moved in. And um, so the the thing is, though, we're a college town. So, like, there's, like, oh, 9,000 yeah. college kids at that school. And so it's, like, a Pennsylvania school, Bloomsburg University. It's, like, a state school. And so the bars around here, they get fucking wild because they're a bunch of college kids. It's not just a town right. bar. It's a college kid town bar. Right. So, you know, and they'll be outside smoking and for, I guess, a while, they would walk over to my place and smoke outside of my building because it was empty for so long. So I started becoming like a Jehovah's Witness out there for AA to fuck with people. <laughs> you know, every time I'm out there smoking, um, if somebody's out there, I start, oh, you're here for a meeting? I mean, you're early, but we can have one out here. You know, a meeting's only two alcoholics having a conversation. <laughs> and they're like, what the fuck? What the bus. Yeah, they're like, what are you talking about a meeting? I'm like, this is AA. You're outside of my, you know, recovery center smoking. I mean, you know, we all smoke. It's okay to smoke cigarettes still. We can have our conversation here. My name's JD. They're like, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm drinking at the bar. I'm like, well, you're sta- yeah, I'm like, well, you're standing outside of AA. So pick, pick a side of the sidewalk, buddy. You know, now they all smoke on the other side. <laughs> Can't get anybody to smoke with you now, huh? No, I actually made a friend though, and him and I have a cigarette. And he's there. He's there five days a week, man. He's there for happy hour every day after work for his pitcher of beer. You know what I mean? He drinks alone kind of guy. He's he, not an alcoholic. Yeah. 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 His his what you know his wife's at home. She work. I don't know what she does, but he's there every day. But he doesn't get out to his credit. He doesn't get smashed. Every day that I talk to him, he's coherent the entire time. Um, but he's he's my age, and um, you know we nerd out about stupid shit, and we have a cigarette every time we see each other out there. You know, I probably he just doesn't want to go home to the wife. Without... <laughs> yeah, I probably oh, see that's him. That's one thing. I used yeah. to do that. Yep. So I probably see him once or twice, uh, you know, a night, and for a couple cigarettes. Yeah, cool. Yeah, so I made a friend, and he laughs whenever he sees me fuck with people because he knows what I'm doing now. So yeah, it won't he, be long. He'll be making your coffee at your meetings and stuff. Yeah, you know he's yeah. been inside. He's checked it out, and I've showed his wife around too. You know, yeah. so his his wife reminds me of my my fiance that passed away. Actually, the way she drinks. So like we've talked about it, you know, her and I. And she knows it, you know, but she's just not ready yet, you know. I'm not here to tell anybody when they're ready. Yeah, right. You know, I can I can tell you I'm here when you're ready. I can say we can talk even if you're not ready. You know, there was a woman here 
who was 49 the other day for her first ever meeting, you know, 49. So, and, you know, just because it was suggested that, hey, we have conversations all the time and you never recall them. That's not right. So, you know. I remember a lot of them. You remember I, what? I don't remember a lot of it. <laughs> <laughs> you remember a lot of the times people yeah. said to you, "Hey, Foster, remember that time we talked?" And you yeah. said no. <laughs> but I went, "Yeah, that was great." <laughs> yeah, that I, I could see you, uh, you know, remembering that yeah. part of the conversation, but maybe not the actual conversation itself. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, I was reading it that. Um, it is 33% more likely to have a relapse between Thanksgiving and New Year's. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Probably like, a, lot of, a lot of overdoses, a lot of suicide during that time, too. And that's the thing is I didn't even get into those numbers. I just went into relapses that are reported. Yeah. Think yeah. about and that. Yeah, just reported. There's just reported. Thousands of those in that, you know. Yeah. And the, the secret ones. That's what I mean. How often are you really reporting them? You know? Yeah. Yeah, it's not like everybody wants to run out and say, hey, I relapsed. Yeah. Yeah, that that number is based on, you know, people entering rehab. So that's not even the relapses, relapses. That's the number of, you know, people entering rehab during that time because that's all they can really report for a relapse. You know, that's all the insurance ones. Exactly. But there's like no hard numbers on and it would be impossible to really gauge it on people like you or I relapsing, because if that were to happen, I'm not calling the national, you know, whatever statistics for health to make sure that they know, hey, we got another one on the line. (laughs) Add to the list. (laughs) Yeah. Like, no, (laughs) I'm not spending my time doing that. Um, No, I'm going to keep getting high. Yeah, exactly. So those numbers are really even more skewed than they are. Like, I, I I think that's part of the problem with trying to track, you know, this disease of addiction is there's no real gauge of numbers to follow. None of those numbers. It's like it's like the COVID numbers. Sorry, it's, I, mean, I don't need to bring it up, but, you know. It's even, it, it's even worse, worse than, than that. that. That's what I was going to say, yeah. Because, because that's even still trackable, technically. Yeah. That is still kind of trackable. And as opposed to this, you're really having to take me on my word that I haven't touched an opiate in three and a half years. You know? Yeah. And you literally just have to, like, scout's honor. Like, fucking trust me. Yeah. You know? Right. And so that's the thing about the difference is, yeah, you can give me a drug test and I can pass that drug test, but that's even ways that you can beat drug tests oh yeah that's true. So. yeah and it's true either you're 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 honest and you're in recovery or you're not and, and nobody knows you know we just hopefully we know yeah you know by just by spending time with people but i don't like any of the the rehab thing i don't like it this episode is sponsored by MJ's Progress Not Perfection Meeting Center Association. We are in our meeting center where we do all these meetings for mental health and addiction. I can do this podcast anywhere. I can do this at home. I can do this in a closet. I can do this in a basement. It doesn't matter. All I need is somebody else to talk to about addiction and recovery. What I can't do from anywhere 
is help people with their addiction and their mental health problems. So if you can help out, you know, we do have a Venmo, we have a Cash App, we have a PayPal, we have an address you can send a check to. And, you know, all the money that gets donated goes towards rent, goes towards keeping the lights on, and goes towards keeping the internet on. So please, you know, if you can get five bucks, 10 bucks, 20 bucks, it doesn't matter. Anything you can is so appreciated. And if you are a local business, if you're a national business, whatever, and you want to be a part of what we're doing, you know, you can reach out to me and we can talk about how you can be a sponsor. But I'll let you get back to the episode. Any of that. I, I just don't. I, I think it's a money-making thing off a bunch of the hoods. And uh, I think that's why the, the steps say, you know, we free give what was freely given to us because we heal each other. They don't heal us. Yeah. Yep. And they definitely don't. That. Yeah. Rehab helped help me with, they gave me a bed. You know, they gave me um, something where I I was supervised while I was detoxing. Um, and they introduced me to mm-hmm. AA. And they and they gave me food three times a day. You know, they made sure I was eating and drinking Gatorade and shit. You know, I played basketball. But most importantly, they made sure I was going to two meetings a day. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they introduced me to that. Yeah. So... I always said that if I ever relapsed, it's going to a hospital for detox and then getting back into the rooms. Right. I'm not spending my money with for the whole rehab experience again. I got the experience. I know what I need to do is I need to detox in a hospital and then go to the fucking, you know, uh, AA meetings again. Yeah. And, you know, that that's the thing. We could save billions of dollars a year if if that's what people would do, you know. I mean, yep. our, our ERs would probably be overwhelmed, but that's, I was talking to my daughter, you know, and she's in recovery, she's three years, um, but, uh, you know, I told her, I said, we need to set up a facility that is free, but you have that first, those days of, of detox with medical staff, and then after that, you know, it's just us giving, giving back, you know, to other addicts, and you know, that's a lot of money, a lot of, just, I don't know. I mean, you could, I, I, I watch what you do and I listen to what you do. You know, I watch, I watch everything you do on Facebook and stuff. And, uh, you know, you're grabbing the, the horn, you know, the bull by the horns in a lot of different ways. And, uh, you know, a lot of people don't do that. So that's cool. I, uh, my dad, uh, wrote a recovery program based on spiritual principles and the 12 steps, which they are, but I mean, combined it, <clears throat> excuse me. And uh, a lot of people use it in this area. And he always wanted me to take over that, that class. You know, he, he used to have hundreds of people come through the house and then in the church basement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, you know, I never did, but keep trying to think of things that I could do to help recovery and, and addiction and I don't know I guess I'm simple minded when it comes to that kind of thing because I just can't figure it out you know well yeah just just keep talking I mean just keep telling your story is important and just keep being honest with anybody and I think the zooms are important too yeah. you know because there are a lot of people like you where you enjoy the meetings but it's hard for you to actually get out to the meeting right. Yeah. So now you can enjoy multiple meetings a day. So that's important. Everyone does their recovery differently. Um, yeah, I mean, the reason I'm so hands-on with, you know, the recovery with AA and the NA and what we're doing 
is because I think that's the most important part, right? Is the work, mm-hmm. is the actual work itself, because rehab is just, you know, a way to get away at this point, you know, because be it's a very, no, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a very expensive, yeah, that commercial. <laughs> drives me nuts. Yeah, that, that commercial, John Oliver made fun of it a lot. He has an amazing um, episode. You know, if you go to, if you just go to YouTube, and you type in John Oliver rehab episode, it pops right up. And it's all yeah. about the rehab industry and how fucked up it is. And it's a great episode. It came out, uh, I want to say, four years ago or so, because I was watching it in rehab. Um, but, yeah, that that is an entire racket of just, Dude. yeah. Yeah, it, What I like I said, they're, they're, they're luckily for off. me, Luckily for me, I went to one that actually wanted to help and made sure that I got into AA meetings and made sure I knew how important it was because that is what is the most important thing in early recovery is having support from other people like you, whether it's on Facebook and talking where, you know, you and I met on Facebook and the recovery groups on Facebook. And there's so many with thousands and thousands of people in there like 75,000 45 50,000 and then you know I, even I want TikTok and there's a ton of people on there in the recovery community that are always posting videos or going live all the time in the recovery community so there's a lot of ways besides even doing traditional zooms for AA and NA you know that you can be part of recovery without even leaving the house yeah, and that's that's I do a lot of of uh, you know things like this, and uh, and then I've been trying to figure out a way to to make my own like my recovery video. I don't know if you see my post about that, but yeah, and I and I, I want to kind of do that, but you know, it's uh service work is is the only way I make it. It is, you know, um, I mean I do my steps and I do my work, but. Because I don't get out there. If I if I didn't have these kind of platforms, I, I wouldn't make it, you know. And then I thought, well, I thought about doing a podcast. And then I thought, well, why do we need another podcast? You know, I mean, there's, that's like joining a motorcycle club when there's 50 other ones. Or make it a, a motorcycle club when there's 50 other ones out there, you know. Join the yeah. one that's already made. Yeah. But, uh, so, I, you know, I just thought, well, no, nah, I'm not going to do that, you know. But I've been thinking about a lot. You know, in a, in a meeting... There's no crosstalk or, you know, you can't, it's always drove me nuts. I love crosstalk, you know? man. I, I love, love crosstalk cross too. Yeah. And I was thinking about, I was thinking about doing something like a, some kind of platform where it's just crosstalk. Yeah. You know crosstalk I mean? for those who don't know, um, crosstalk, especially in a meeting is if I'm sharing, you know, usually when somebody's sharing in the room, you know, they're talking about whatever triggers are going on that day, and they're, you know, they're talking, and it's being really personal. No one talks, you know, right? In most meetings, nobody talks. And a lot of the times when that share's going on, they're talking about something that has to do with somebody else sitting in that room. And <laughs> yeah. the whole point of no crosstalk as a rule is that, that person that they're indirectly talking about and usually fucking directly talking about <laughs> um and everyone knows it usually in these home groups depending 
um, you're not supposed to respond. You're, everyone's supposed to wait, and then you say thank you for sharing. In some places they clap, in some they say thank you for sharing, and some it's fucking both. Um, I've been to meetings where it's you know all of it, um, but in LA there was a few different midnight meetings that I used to go to. They were always midnight meetings. They weren't eight o'clock or six p.m. or fucking nooners. They were midnight meetings or 11 p.m. late night. Those are where crosstalk fucking goes down, and it is amazing. <laughs> um, AA, there's one in North Hollywood I used to go to, and it was the first meeting I ever spoke at. I was 30 days sober. I was getting a 30-day chip, and I was the speaker, a 45-minute speaker at that meeting. I'm sitting there giving my experience, strength, and hope with a 30-day chip, and it's mostly just fucking war stories. <laughs> You know, but it was all crosstalk. <laughs> They're yelling shit. Like that was the whole point was my buddy ran the meeting. He had a year sober and he was crazy. He's had some crazy stories and he was a year sober at the time. And he was like, I want you to speak. You know, you have you have some funny stories and he used to do stand up. So you want to get used to talking again in front of a crowd. You can come to my meeting. You'll be able to break curfew and I'll pick you because I'll be picking you up. And taking you to the meeting and bringing you back so you'll be allowed. Right. And I said, okay, cool. And he goes, just so you know, though, it's crosstalk allowed. So they're going to be yelling at you. And I hope that your training and stand-up is going to come in handy because you're going to be heckled. Especially for having a 30-day chip and being speaking. I think it'll be funny. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> like, you're setting me up for failure, bro. So I, I was like, and this was at 930 at night. This was right. at nine thirty. This was two hours before. Before you I, gotta go in. I'm sitting in an NA meeting in Santa Monica, and he's like, "I'm gonna pick you up." And I'm like, "What the?" F-? He was secretary of the meeting, and his speaker dropped out, so he was just. <laughs> it <laughs> just yeah, don't worry, I got it. I'll get this new guy that's two days out of detox. <laughs> I'm two two days out of impatient in my sober living when this happened. And he did. He got me got permission with the higher ups because he was friends with them. And he came and picked me up in Santa Monica, like a 45 fucking minute drive from where he was. Like, yeah. And uh, they they were yelling shit. And I I went back and we had a great time. And those crosstalks, we do crosstalk here. And it's not necessarily just so people know. It's not even like bad things all the time either. Sometimes we need the crosstalk, in my opinion, because... You say something when you're sharing, maybe, and I have something that I want to interject that could be useful to you, but you then say something a minute later in your share that somebody else shares on, and then somebody else, and then I forget to put it, you know what I mean, to say what I wanted to say. So that's why I like crosstalk is I can be like, oh, don't worry, Foster. If you just do X, Y, and Z, you'll be all set. Yeah. And, and you'll be like, oh, shit. That's, that's my thing. You know, yeah, but you said in a meeting, you know, call for, you know, and before I say this, you know, I don't want to get a bunch of comments. You guys only been a, got a year's clean. You shouldn't be doing so many videos, blah, 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 blah. But the thing is, is if you, you're sitting there, they call for burning desire, right? Somebody shares their heart and they say, okay, thanks for coming. You know, you to me, it's like bringing them out to the ledge, trying to help them and then dropping them on their face and 
And I'm not slandering NA. I'm not slandering the way they do it. I'm mm -hmm. saying, how does that help? The people are like, I, I really want to use, I really want to use, I really want to use. And thanks for sharing and move on to the next dude. You know what I mean? I, 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 I struggle with that. And for any burning desire, what he's saying is, is something that we'll throw out at the end of the meeting. And, you know, for people that are usually having problems where they're really triggered and they might get high and they went to a meeting instead. And in a lot of home groups and a lot of meetings, they don't want somebody to then say, hey, you shouldn't get high, friend. I had I'll talk to you after the meet like. They don't really want that. They they want you to then share on what's for you and not for them. Right. And there are a lot of home groups, so you know that will be like, no, fucking say something to them and step in and twelve step them and try to help them. And it's just it's it's so funny because it's not even AA. We're not even talking about AA at that point or NA at that point. No. We're just talking about home groups at that point. We're talking about people. You know, because it's the people that are different everywhere. It's not the actual programs. And that's why we're not talking right. about the programs and breaking even traditions. Because we're talking about there's certain people that do things certain way. Even talking about the word recovered, right? The word recovered is in the book 30 times. You know, or people in AA where they say, hey, don't talk about, you know, drugs. But yet Bill and Bob talked about drugs all the time in the book. So why can they talk about it? It's just yeah. you don't like hearing about it in this group. And in NA, and in we say, well, the one thing that causes addicts to relapse is thinking that alcohol is different than drugs. So, I mean, it's like they fight each other for no reason. I know. I mean, we're all addicts. It's a disease. We've all just come to that conclusion. We know that. But, yeah, you know, oh, don't say drugs in this meeting or don't say this in this meeting. And, you know, and I'm not trying to start an AANA war or get everybody hating on me, you know. Yeah, no. It's, it's, you know, way Bill and them started it, and then 56 when they started NA or whatever year it was. Instead of just, we can't ever just come together. You know what I mean? It's always got to be some separation. We're this, and then we're that, and our traditions. And, and I love that, but, you know, we might figure this thing out one day if, we all got our heads together instead of you know trying to separate because you drink and I don't, you know. Yeah, I know what you. Sometimes mean. it gets crazy to me, you know. I know. No, it, there's definitely it's definitely different, um, but it is the same. It has the same, you know. They want the same results. They want us to be sober. They want us to not drink. They want us to not get high, you know. So it's just, it's just again, it's people. It's the people that are different. Just like churches. I yeah, mean, even there's going to be a, the, a mess up. Chapter five is even the same in both fucking books, man. How it works is yep. it's how it works. Chapter yep. five in both books. So you tell me how real different, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. You know, you're, we're going to get a bunch of comments on, on the diehard, you know, on here. So, at least we got them rolling, right? You know. But that's the thing; I it doesn't. I, I I love both programs. I mean, I me too. I attend both, and I think both are vital because not everything is going to work for everyone. Some people, 
And some people yes, can say yeah. NA didn't work for me, but AA did. And then somebody will say AA didn't work for me, but NA did. It's time and circumstance right. that worked for you. It just so happened that program was the one you did with, with that you time. Used. You know what I'm trying to say, yeah, right? No. Like you, oh, you could have yeah. fucking yeah, went yeah. Buddha. I mean, you could have went Buddha. Oh my gosh. Being sober from yeah. being Buddhist could have worked for you, but it was the time and the circumstance, really. Right. You know, so it was just that was the program you chose for when recovery was going to work because you wanted it to the most. You were most driven yeah. f- to be in recovery. Whenever you're most driven for your own personal gain <laughs> of being just in recovery and not for anyone else, whatever program you're going to choose to aid you in that way is going to be vital and important and helpful well yeah and you know like it's like being in 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 the groups you know you'll see people oh i didn't have to use the 12-step program and i didn't do this and do that they get mad because people push it people only push what works for them you can't promote what you don't have right and that's what what they have is na or aa or you know we just love the hate that's the thing everybody's supposed to hate they just want to hate on somebody and it just it drives me berserk you know they're sitting there bashing a dude because he's in the 12 steps and this guy's found religion okay well what doesn't matter as long as it works right yeah i can get on a rampage about that kind of thing but no i know i know but i'm gonna i'm gonna wrap this one up for today bud yeah i'll let you go i know i know you're having a you know you're you're still recouping and trying your best to get energy so i won't keep you on too long for today and i so, appreciate you checking in on me and so uh, oh always man always and yeah we'll we'll talk soon for sure yeah. all right all right have a good one appreciate buddy you. all right i'll see you you as well see. all right bye